You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shurgunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses. Anna is here, and welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. So we're continuing our discussion about kids' savings accounts, and today I wanted to dive in and really spend some time understanding the types of accounts that are available to you and and we can discuss some of the features and benefits because I think that's by far one of the largest questions I get is which of these accounts really makes sense for me and so let's talk through uh, the two types of accounts that you can start and then hopefully that will kind of get you thinking about all right now I know you've listened to the previous episode where we talked about the reasons right and your why Um, So hopefully now you know that, that should help you make a decision the type of account you want. Okay, so let's start with the the, the basic savings account, right? And and just before we dive in, so there's there's two kinds that we're looking at here, because we're talking about minors, right? So there's restrictions on things. So we have savings account, and we have something called custodial account. I'll talk, I'll talk about custodial account in just a bit. But for savings account, it's pretty straightforward, right? It's not any different than the savings account you may already have. The difference is is that your child owns the account with you, right? And so that means that they have access to the funds from the account. You just are, you know, you could act as a supervisor, right? If you totally, completely 100% trust them, that's that's fine, but that's, the, I guess, one of the drawbacks that parents want to have a little bit more oversight and decision-making as to what happens to the fund. So it's a savings account that has a joint ownership feature and the child is on that account with you. It also could present a really great teaching opportunity for them to gain some skills and, and be responsible adults, right? Young adults with finances. The one that I wanted to spend a little bit more time on is the custodial account. And there's two different types um, that exist out there. One is called, these are, these are acronyms, UTMA, which stands for Uniform Transfers to Minors Act. And second one is UGMA, Uniform Transfers Gifts to Minors Act account. And so these accounts are actually different in the form of how they're structured and what happens to the money. Unlike the savings account that we just talked about where you actually are joint owner of the funds in that account and you know the, 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 the distributions could be uh, made from that account, you can t- take the funds away. So everybody has, and the same goes for the child, everybody has that, that opportunity. With these custodial accounts, it's really considered to be an asset that is really truly owned by your child, except that they're not available or they cannot access the funds in this account until they turn 18, right, or age of majority um, for most states. 
So that's a, that's a unique feature because you truly designate these as kids' accounts. And what's really cool too is that it gives you opportunity to invest in all kinds of uh, funds, right? All, all kinds of assets. I shouldn't say funds, all kinds of assets. So that's why I like uh, maybe perhaps having one of each, um, you know, depending what your goals are. Also, when you transfer funds, right, into the custodial accounts, whichever one you choose, the funds actually are no longer yours. So they get off your books, even though, you know, you're still managing the account, uh, but it's, it's already considered to be a completed gift for gift tax purposes, and therefore it's owned by the child. Now, we'll talk also a little bit about taxation and what happens, because if it's not a savings account, then I'm hoping that we can really put these accounts to work. So, for example, kind of the distinction distinction, and how do you decide do you need a UTMA or UGMA account? So UTMA account can pretty much hold any kind of asset. It could be stocks, bonds, it can hold a real estate. So if you have a house or a building or you know any other property, it can hold intellectual property, works of art, and things like that. UGMA accounts are a little bit more limited to things like financial assets, right? Or cash, securities. So there's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, annuities, and insurance policies. So it's just a, um, a, a different, it just depends on what you really want. So if you want real estate in those, you're probably gonna go for the UTMA. So UTMAs are actually more popular. Um, I was, it's an interesting fact that, I don't know if any of you live in South Carolina, but um, South Carolina actually does not allow UTMA accounts for whatever reasons. I don't know. I, um, I was surprised by that. So, but because these accounts are now, technically they're, you know, they're not accounts that you own, so they're they're in the name of your of your miner. We need to talk about and if we're investing in securities, we buy in real estate or whatever else that it is that you're interested in buying. There are even bitcoins. Actually, it's a good good point. I am not a hundred percent certain if that's the case. Um, if you can hold a bitcoin in UTMA account, but you know anything other than the cash, we're really talking about taxes. Okay, so you need to th- you need to understand how that works because it's not as simple as just a tiny bit of interest you're earning in your savings account. As of 2021, the first $1,100 of unearned income that comes from these accounts is tax-free. And then the next $1,100 is taxed at 10%. And then everything above the two tiers, the $2,200 combined, will be taxed at the parent's rate. So there is some advantages, and I hope you earn more than $2,200 in that account, right, if you invest it properly, but it, it gives you a little bit of a break, right, uh, while the kids are still little. So one of the uh, features of this account is that when they reach the age of majority or in the state of residence, so usually 18, then they they become legal owners, right, or that, that structure changes, they're not minors anymore, so it becomes their account, and then they take the account off your books in terms of taxation, okay, so if there's been a huge gain in that account, and you haven't really sold anything, then it becomes theirs, and then when they do liquidate the funds, then that's what really happens. Now, I'm covering it today really broadly, so for, for something like this, I definitely advise for you to discuss it with your own financial advisor, or your tax 
tax person to get more specifics of like, how would that work? Um, but I like these accounts because it gives me the flexibility to put, uh, you know, anything more than just a, a, a savings account type of a, uh, you know, funds. So also something to think about what happens to these savings accounts or to savings accounts in general when kids reach age 18, right? And so most banks will convert because the banks do designate these accounts as uh, minor accounts, right? Or accounts for the benefit of the minor. So they actually convert these accounts to regular accounts when they turn 18. And so depending what bank you you have a relationship, um, one of the features of minor or custodial accounts is that the fees are different, right? And so particularly for the savings accounts at the bank, um, we're not gaining a whole lot of interest these days, but when the fees are low, that's even better. So that's one kind of a thing to watch out for, right? So you may have a, a young adult who's about to turn 18 and they have savings accounts. So really it becomes becomes their own at that point. So let's talk a little bit more next time about some of the features that we're looking for when we set up savings accounts. Um, but for right now, I hope this discussion was useful and you really have some idea of what, what to look for and really go back and think about the goals. It isn't about just, hey, I need to open an account for my child. It's really about what, what the goal and what are you trying to accomplish. Until next time, remember you are the bosses of your own money. Hey, money boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone, uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.